I have no intro for this. No intro? What do you no mean? No intro. Like, it's Monday. <laughs> I have nothing to say. It's Monday. We're tired. How are you, But Kelsey? here we are. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, I should actually, we should do this. You know, we should introduce the show. Uh-huh. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. This is This Ends Well. <laughs> I'm Kevin Ham. I'm Kelson Young. And we're your hosts on Montana's Most Opinionated Podcast. Very good. We haven't done that for a while. Actually, introduce the show. <laughs> we just assume our listeners are loyal and know exactly and who they're listening to. Exactly. And they probably go, ah, these two. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's kind of surreal to meet people who are actually listening to the show. When Ooh. I, um had dinner with Lacey on Friday. She, you know, talked about how she listened to the show and we discussed whether or not she knew me better than my partner did just because uh, she's listened to all the shows. <laughs> um, so yes, I appreciate that there's people out there actually listening to this podcast. I do too. I think it's funny. I haven't really checked our stats in a while because I've been so busy with other things. It's just one of those things that I don't think I need to check right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, that's you want to know who listened last week. Who? Mr. Zach Slattery. Really? Do you Did want he? to know why? Because, because he sang heard, him happy birthday. Yeah, because he heard we talked about him and sang him happy birthday. So the funny part was he, I told him that, and then he yells up to me because my room's on the second floor of our condo, and he says, I just listened to you and Kevin go on and on about something, and I didn't hear anything about a happy birthday. So it turns out he listened to the week before's show. Oh, no. So the poor guy was subject to having to listen to an entire episode. And then, in fact, I showed him the right episode, and we listened to it for a bit, and then he heard the birthday part. He kind of blushed, and then that was it. Oh, but well. he, he he was flattered, I think. But he's also still very the flattery of Zach Slattery. <laughs> yeah, he's still very uncomfortable with me saying his name into the microphone. I'm sorry, so, whose name? Zach Slattery. Mm. Yes. <laughs> so, but I figured it was worth it. It was. His we should have him on the show sometime. Actually, next time you're sick, I'm going to invite him on to oh, talk about you. Yeah, that would be amazing. That I wonder if he would do it. I think so. He might. He fun. might have to. Did he have a good birthday? A pseudo name or something. Did he have a good birthday? Yes, he did. I believe so. Well, that's cool. Yeah. He if went... you can hear the door opening in the background, that's actually our friend Marilyn Bennett. Hi, Marilyn Bennett. Hi, Marilyn Bennett. <laughs> oh, and there's oh, the, and phone. the phone. Oh. Yay. <laughs> We're going to ignore that. We're a busy place. Exactly. Anyways, so he did have a good birthday. Um, he went to the Cool Dog Ball, Ooh. I know, the weekend before, which is always a fun Helena event. It is. It's a fundraiser for something. Uh, I don't know, the but it actually... Race to the Sky? Yeah, a Race to the... We have Race to the Sky, which is the dog race, mm-hmm. which is a, is it a qualifier for the Iditarod? Is that right? Maybe. Sure. We know so much about the events that happen. Yeah. Here's the event. What it is, you pay 25 bucks to give you a little thing and you go around and fill it up for a buck with all the different beers from all over the state and you're blitzed. Mm-hmm. That's what this event is about. Yes, I've been I'm sure it raises year, but... great money for people. Yeah. They used to actually give glass mugs and they mm, don't anymore. Bad which idea. Which is very sad. Yes. So I did not go this year, but he did. And... Mm. I think he had a good birthday week. He's good. 29, which he's getting old. up there in age. So old. I know, right? It's terrible. I don't know how the old people <laughs> So are you are an aqu- uh, Aquarius too? No, I am a Capricorn. Right. Capricorn, which basically what I've learned about Capricorn is it's all of the horrible traits of every other sign of the Zodiac, but we keep it inside. Dumped into one. Yeah, but we keep it inside. Like you think Leos are egotistical? They got nothing on us. <laughs> You think a Taurus is stubborn? No. No, <laughs> Not nothing on close. you. Exactly. <clears throat> so, That's us. I think that might be what my sister is then. Hmm. Her birthday is December 30th. 
Yeah. Would she that would make be. her a Capricorn? Yeah. Mom's is December her. 31st. So nice. So how was your week? Uh, busy, busy. So yeah, completely off of politics and everything else. What's really fun is that, you know, we got all our equipment, which of course was surrounding us for the last couple of weeks mm-hmm. as we did the show. Um, now it's upstairs. Because we, we just moved saw it, it very far. <laughs> Actually, we took it to Bozeman last week, and we did take it down to Carroll to do test games. Um, because it's really hard to set up the equipment and not have something to film. Mm. Like, we can set it up and go, oh, and this will be happening on this camera. But you, since you can't see it, it doesn't quite work. Though. Eh, you know, so it's a mess. So we had a couple of test games where we got to test some things out. Which was good, because some things didn't work. <laughs> Such as? Oh, the first night the audio was screwed up. It was all sorts of crazy. Well, you could just watch a game in silent. It's like a silent film. Silence yeah, and it could have been black and white the way our <laughs> night was going, actually. <laughs> um, so, you know, it was a little bit stressful, and everybody was kind of like, Arr. and I'm like that anyway, and it's kind of funny when everybody else gets to my level, and I realize I'm no longer, like, the meanest person <laughs> in the room. <laughs> yes. So that was fun, and then on Saturday, we actually took it down to Bozeman and did the women's game. Um, treated it as if it was TV, so, you know, it wasn't going out anywhere, but it was treated as if it was TV, so our announcers were professional, the director was professional, all of our stuff was in place. We only used three cameras, we should have been using four, but we forgot a spool. Sharp. We're sharp. <laughs> and um, it was it was good. Uh, all the equipment worked the way we expected. There's a couple of things that we didn't get done yet, but they were low on our list of things because they're they're nice to have, not absolutely necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, now we're at the point where those are the only pieces that we have left to do to get it to work exactly the way we want. So it's now they're no longer nice to have, they're, they're necessaries. Um, so we've got three days of testing the equipment again and, and putting in some other stuff and doing some video. I've got a ton of video work that I've got to do over the next couple of days to get everything in place. Um, and then we're doing the men's game uh, against Northern Colorado at UVM on Thursday. So at 7 That's p.m. That's a big deal. It is a big deal. At 7 p.m. It'll be on TV. On, it'll be on cable. It's on Altitude, mm-hmm. um, which Altitude goes into 10 million homes because it is part of the basic cable package. Wow. So, um, And that wasn't a game that would have been filmed otherwise. Nope. It wouldn't. It would have just been available on Big Sky TV, mm-hmm. nothing else. Which is, you know, that's pretty cool that that's what's happening. Um, and the big thing is, is that you know, with the conversion from standard definition to high definition, or as we call it in the biz, SD to HD, um, <laughs> a lot of production trucks were put out of business. Mm-hmm. And um, new production trucks are expensive. I mean, the, the equipment that we bought is about a quarter million dollars worth of equipment. And But that, that being said, it's a quarter million dollars of equipment. Five years ago, the same level of equipment would have cost one and a quarter million dollars. So, wow. you know, it's a million dollars off in five years. So it's coming down. Um, but there aren't any production trucks, any HD production trucks in Montana that actually reside in Montana. Everybody that does HD production in Montana either leases a truck from Salt Lake or Seattle. Hmm. So, so how long till you see a payoff from that investment? Um, well, as long as we sell the ads, we actually should be okay with just the five basketball games that we've got going. We should be okay. And, hmm. you know, it won't pay off everything, but it'll pay the lease for the couple months that we have going on. Mm-hmm. We're hoping to do a couple of baseball games during the summer for minor league, minor league baseball, which will be fun. Um, hopefully some of the minor league teams actually, you know, pick up their <laughs> levels. Mm-hmm. The Pioneer League. Let's kick it in here. Mm-hmm. And, um, but that could be, you know, regardless, it'll still be fun to do because it's, it's you know, I'm not good a big fan. I'm not a good big fan of baseball. Like I go to the, the <laughs> stadium like twice a year and I do their magazine, mm-hmm. but I don't follow enough. And like the people who follow baseball, I'll know all the statistics and all the players and exactly what's going on and why they're in, what order they're in and what the batting order. <laughs> Ugh, it's too much to follow if you're not going to follow it religiously. Um, and I'm just not that level of interested in it. But I do like going and producing the games mm-hmm. because it's a lot of fun to do and I don't have to watch the game. 
<laughs> Sorry, Paul, if you're listening. That's your association with sports, period. Kind of, yeah. You know, I, I like going, well, no, because now I've gotten to the point where I actually like watching the games and I get a little upset when I have to produce them and I don't get to see the football. Ugh. It's been two years since I've seen a whole football game. It's killing me, killing me. Um, what did you think of the Super Bowl yesterday? Um, <laughs> you didn't watch it. I did watch some okay. of it. So here's the best part. I got home and I, well, we had this thing on Friday. So uh, Friday was a 17 hour day. Saturday was a 17 hour day. Thursday was a 12 hour day for me. Wednesday was 12 hours. It was a long week. Mm-hmm. And um, Monday was 16 hours. I don't remember what Tuesday was. Tuesday was like 14 hours. So I didn't have any regular hours this week. Mm-hmm. And then because Saturday was an extra work day, on Sunday I was really tired. So I got up and I went and did rehearsal with Cow Tipping Comedy, which we'll talk about in a minute. <laughs> and got back to my house because I was going to go to the gym and I'd forgotten my gym bag, but I went into my room and I went face down on my bed and went to sleep. <laughs> and then I woke up and it, I thought, well, I've missed most of the game. I figured I'd watch the last two minutes, right? Hmm. No. Apparently, no. apparently there was God, a bit of a delay. Apparently God said, well, you want to watch this half? We'll <laughs> wait for you. And he turned out the lights. <laughs> Either God or Beyonce. Or, or Buffalo Wild that. Wings. I think it was actually <laughs> Buffalo Wild Wings. And actually what's funny is Twitter is, of course, during events like this, Twitter is the most Hilarious. Fun. Exactly. And last night was brilliant. And there were some great tweets but there's there's three that i really want to talk about i don't understand buffalo whatever so buffalo wild wings had this campaign going on for throughout the season that they would you know you want to stay later at buffalo wild wings so they'd go in and call someone who'd go to the stadium like turn on the sprinklers and cause them to go into overtime Mm -hmm. or turn off the lights or turn on the air conditioning or whatever would cause them to go into overtime so the game lasts longer so you could stay at the restaurant and enjoy more chicken and beer (laughs) is what it amounts to and it's a great campaign Mm -hmm. and then of course yesterday the lights go out so you get to stay at buffalo wild wings long and Buffalo Wild Wings tweeted, well, you know we had to. <laughs> <laughs> they conveniently got to take responsibility for exactly. that. Exactly. Huh? You know, and it was, it, was, it was really brilliant that they tweeted that. And everybody knows that they didn't actually do that, but it was still very, very brilliant that they did that. Another one that was, was really funny. There was a lot of funny tweets. Another one that was really amazing was the Oreo one. Mm, didn't see So that. Oreo had an ad in the beginning, but it wasn't actually during the Super Bowl. It was pregame, so it was like a $2.5 million ad instead of a $4 million ad, mm-hmm. which is fine because Nabisco, mm, whatever. Um, but in the middle of the blackout, Oreo all of a sudden tweeted out, don't worry if your lights go out. And it had this ad that has an Oreo and it's like a light shining behind it and says you can still dunk in the dark. Went viral immediately. Like everybody was retweeting it thousands of times immediately. They didn't pay, like I'm sure they paid the graphic designer who did it and the person who approved it. So you're talking maybe... 800 bucks. But how would they have known to do something like that? Somebody would, their, their team was smart enough to call and go, look, I can put this ad together. Do you want it to go out? Yes. Social marketing. And they put it on Twitter and did it. And that quick a time. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're, they're smart people. And that was brilliant. That was a brilliant use of social media. It was phenomenal. And so everybody was like, well, they're like newsjacking it. And I was like, no, they're using social media really well. That's exactly what you're supposed to do. And so I think what will happen next year during this during the Super Bowl is that there's going to be a lot more of the uh, social media teams and the art departments at various businesses are going to actually have to be at work watching the Super Bowl. (laughs) Yeah, well, no, not on call. They'll actually have to be at work watching the Super Bowl because they're going to have to put together an ad, get it approved, and get it out on Twitter right away. You never know what's going to happen. Because you never know what's going to happen. When that many people are watching TV. Exactly. 
So, so that was good. I did watch the last part of the game. I'm glad the Ravens won because it kept um, one of the. Uh, what are you upset? The, well, it was you, just so close. No, no, no. It was. See, but it know, wasn't close in the first half. No, that's the thing that would have really bothered me. I, I didn't have a stake in the game in the sense that neither team is somebody I pay attention to. Right. But what would have killed me is just the injustice of a team being that far ahead and then losing in that way at the end. Right. So I was really happy they won. Yeah, at one point, one of the tweets was, uh, MVP voting has opened. At this point, the blackout is ahead for <laughs> exactly. the 49ers. <laughs> it was like, wow, that blackout really did have an impact. And, you know, there were some interesting things that happened in the last few minutes. But I was, I was also happy for Baltimore because I was told that they hadn't ever been in the Super Bowl before or, or won the championship. Oh, so I don't know the history of that. What I do know is that the last four times that a state has legalized gay marriage, their super, their team that if they made it to the Super Bowl won. <laughs> so I'm sure that, that's the connection. I, I'm just pointing it out. I if wonder what the Falwells think of that. If you piss off the glitterati, <laughs> um, as the gay mafia is known, the mauve <laughs> hand. Um, well, and then you saw the other thing that happened with the 49ers with the whole brouhaha about the It Gets Better project and no. the one guy who said that he, no gays in the locker room on their team. I don't know anything about that. Uh, I don't really want to delve into it because I don't know enough of it off the top of my head. And of course, I don't have my iPad with me to look it up right now because I'm being a dick. But basically, um, the 49ers, the team in the gayest city in the U.S., <laughs> um, had a player come out and say that you shouldn't have any gays in the locker room. Hmm. Bad idea. And then um, two other players said that they didn't do anything. They didn't do the uh, It Gets Better project, which is, of course, aimed at stopping Mm -hmm. bullying towards LGBTQ uh, children. And they're in the video. (laughs) So it's like, and they're like, well, yeah, but that's about bullying. That's not about gay rights. And like, yeah, related. Just FYI. Yeah, I didn't Um, see any of that. So, you know, they they disparaged the gays and they lost. And Marilyn, which supported us and said, come get married here, won. (laughs) I'd just like to point that out. Hmm. 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 Interesting. There it is. Happiness and joy and glitter. So did you watch the halftime performance? No, because I'm, I'm gay, but I'm busy. Well, Beyonce was amazing. That's what I heard. And if you like Beyonce um, and like Destiny's Child, Destiny's Child came together for a repeat performance. Mm, what song she did had, they do? Oh, they did Independent Women, and then they helped her sing Single Lady, Put a Ring on It, or whatever. <laughs> if you like it, then you should have put a generator on it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> But there was lots of great tweets and posts about Beyonce taking down the house and the lights going off and things like that. Also, the best play of the game was um, the first return. So they come out of the half time and the first return, the Baltimore Raven guy ran it from way back in the end zone. So he ran 109 yards and made a touchdown. And it was the longest um, touchdown and kickoff return. Yeah. Mm, Nice. 109 yards. That's cool. Like 10 seconds. That's cool. Yeah. Anyways, I didn't even plan on watching the game, but my girlfriend wanted to watch, and so we did. We do love that. I really don't get that excited about pro football anymore. Hmm. But um, I was going to ask you another question. I had somebody ask me the other day what you do, and I was wondering, because you do so many different things, what do you call yourself? Like, if someone asks you... An asshole? Well, beyond, <laughs> beyond that. Like, if somebody were to ask you, like, what do you do for work? Or what's your career? Uh, what do you say? Media producer is usually what Media I say. producer? But then okay. I have to go and explain it, because basically, um, if you need something created, you know, something put into media, mm-hmm. um, you know, whether it's a website, print work, uh, audio, video, um, live production, that sort of stuff, I do it. 
Right. That's what it. So that's to. pretty comprehensive. That's a hard thing to. Yeah, it is. It's a hard thing to, to knock down, and some of it I'm going to have to drop. Like I just don't think I can t- continue to do. It. I know I can't continue to do it all because a lot of it requires very specialized skills that I just can't keep up with while I'm trying to keep up with all the other specialized skills. So I'm mm-hmm. going to have to make some choices on what I'm going to do. Um, but you know, we all do that. We all have to make choices. <laughs> so that's what I do. So beyond that, you're also a performer. So tell us a little bit about the cow tipping thing you're mm. working on. Cow tipping comedy. So you know John McClellan. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, couple friend months of ago, the show. Friend John of the McClellan. show, John McClellan. Yes. <laughs> uh, a couple months ago, he decided that he wanted to start something new because he has the Clintons and he has uh, John and Josh of the Clintons, which is also called The Wench. Um, and so he gets to perform musically, but he's also, they just had their second child. Of course, that was our show. Last, Last week, week, week before, whatever. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, so he's not going to be able to go on the road. Plus, the other members of the Clintons are also having children. And they don't really want to go on the road either. They'd like to stay home with their kids. You know, shock. And um, But he wanted a creative outlet. So he's like, I want to do improv comedy. And I'm like, all right, great. Have fun. And he goes, do you want to do it with me? And I was like, oh, sure. <laughs> sure, that'll be fun. And um, so he called a bunch of people together and he called, of course he called a bunch of guys that he knows, which is funny to me because I'm like, you know, they're all funny guys. Everybody that's in the troop is actually really funny. Um, but it's just guys. So when he started this and I was like, no, we can't just be all guys. And you need a woman. Right. So I called my friend Susie and I was like, come join us. And she was like, what are we doing? And I was like, improv. And she's like, well, I've done that before. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, but come meet these guys. You'll enjoy it. So she actually met them when I was on my vacation trip. Mm. So she did a couple of rehearsals. She's like, oh my God, these guys are so funny and I'm so slow. And every, <laughs> everybody else was telling me that she was so brilliant and so fast and they felt so <laughs> slow. And I was like, okay, everybody's kind of on Perfect. the same level. It'll be fine. <laughs> but they're all being neurotic. So basically what it is, is we've got another month because John's baby came early. So we didn't, we were going to start on February 6th, which uh-huh. is to Wednesday this week. Yes. Yeah, not happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason is because John's baby came. That's ostensibly the, the real reason <laughs> is we're not ready. Um, but we're close. I mean, if we had gone live on the 6th, we'd be okay. But we wouldn't have John there and that would suck. And, you know, it really is his baby. So we want to mm-hmm. watch with him. But basically, every Wednesday night from 6 to 7.30 at the Lewis and Clark Brewery. Every Wednesday? Every Wednesday, starting on February, starting on March 6th, we will be uh, performing a little cow tipping comedy at the brewery. It'll be fun. Is it going to be free to the public? No, it's going to be three bucks. You fuckers have to pay to be entertained. (laughs) (laughs) Well, three bucks. I don't know if I can handle that. Well, it's three bucks. And think about this. You know, it's three bucks and you get to come up and we have the little room upstairs and we'll have Uh the curtain so it's blocked off and we'll have mics, hopefully, um, so that everybody can be heard. And um, and it's going to be fun. But basically, it's like whose line is it anyway? But it's live in front of you. And sometimes it's going to work and sometimes it's going to suck and it'll be good (laughs) or it'll be bad. But whatever, it'll be entertaining. And it has a lot to do with who's there. Yeah. Right. And it'll be, it'll be one of those things that Helena hasn't had, you know, these smaller shows in a mm-hmm. long time. Everything seems to be very formal in Helena. Like the choir I'm in, we do two shows. We have one in the, one in the winter and we have one in the spring. And Grand Street is very, we have these five shows and we shall only do those the last three weeks and you'll come <laughs> to a matinee or else. You know, and they're lovely. They're great. But they're a little bit more, you know... 
I've got to plan ahead to get to them. I've got to make sure they're on my calendar. I've got to buy the tickets. Da, da, da. This is much more casual than that. It's like, you know what? I'd like a beer and I'd like to laugh. I'm going to go to the brew house. Or Will the brewery, the brewery and... be hoping to promote the events? Yes. Max right. is really cool. And actually, Max has done a lot of work to the room to put in some power and some other things so that we can do it exactly the way we want, which will be fun. Um, there is going to be, it's a lot of audience participation stuff. Mm-hmm. So it'll be really, really cool. And there is a Facebook page. So if you go to facebook.com forward slash cowtippingcomedy. Nice. We're there. Um, yeah, it's funny because I, I, put, I put the page up and I didn't do anything. I just put it up to lock it in and put the logo up and like added the troop. That's it. And we've got like 22 likes already and people <laughs> are watching shit and talking about it. I'm like, for fuck's sake, I try to promote things. I can't get shit to happen. I just leave something alone in the corner and tell people not to touch it. That's what do they do? how it works. Yeah. And that's fine because you know what? If it works really well, the whole goal is this. There's uh, an improv troupe in Billings and their name escapes me at the moment, but they perform at a brewery out there. Hmm. Didn't know that. Or at a bar. I don't know. One or the other. Anyway, they're, they've been going for a long time. They're very well uh, thought of in the community, and they're super funny, and they, you know, they get hired for Christmas parties and that sort of stuff, and that's kind of what we mm-hmm. want to do, because that'll be fun. Um, but then what we also want to do is rumble and have it at, like, Grand Street uh, or here or in Vetro Theater in mm-hmm. Billings, and we do it as a fundraiser. And what it is is, you know, everybody buys our ticket to come in, and then the two improv teams go at it with their games and at the end we tally it up and divide the money between the two theaters as to who wins that would be fun sounds fun well i look forward to the first performance i was thinking it was coming up but that's probably a good idea it is it's a month it is wednesday march 6th that will be coming up but actually we're going to be inviting you know what i'm going to extend this to people that listen to the podcast because there aren't that many of them and it'd be (laughs) fun um if you want to come down and watch us rehearse we do rehearse on wednesdays at the same time right now so and we do welcome you into that just tell them that you're listening to the sins well (laughs) and we'll let you in all right for the rehearsals so we have rehearsals for the next four weeks and then we have the first show it should be fun. It should be fun. It will be fun. You know, plus, People, you get to, plus, you get to have a beer. Plus, or, we need more comedy in this town. We do. and um, There's really nowhere else to go for comedy. I mean, occasionally... Well, there's the legislature. Artist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but people need more access to right. and then, humor. And you know what we will see right before that, though? Yes. Lisa Lampanelli. Which I actually am going to be in Miami <gasps> the four days right before. And then I get back that Thursday. Are you flying into Missoula? No, oh, flying I was in say, here. <laughs> if we're flying into Missoula, just stay there. We'll that would be nice. <laughs> but <clears throat> what are you going to Miami? I'm pretty for? excited. I know. Uh, work. I got invited to this select few meeting, and not only am I going to Miami, but I'm going to some beautiful hotel slash spa thing. It's in the coral something or other anyways i looked at the hotel online today and it's majestic and beautiful so that's where i will be for four days before we go to see lisa lampanelli and the immortal words of lisa lampanelli fuck you yeah exactly (laughs) i'm sure jen's really excited about me doing that too but oh she doesn't get to go does she (laughs) no unfortunately i mean i would love for her to go but my plane ticket alone was like nine hundred dollars but this other group is paying for it so yeah miami so it's going to be Miami. I'm right on the beach and I get to be there for four days. It's also transmittal week that week. So all of the legislative, like, you know, 13 hour days of stuff on the floor, I'll be gone. My coworker, Sarah, gets to handle it. Uh, Sarah K. Rossi. Mm-hmm. Also I figure, I figure that after you know what, if you're going to be gone that week, if you're going to be gone that yeah. week, I think Sarah should be on the show to cover you if Zach won't. Well, she won't be able to 
get away from the Capitol. So yes, she will. Somebody I have can whiskey. talk to you. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So anyways, I'm pretty excited to be able to get out of state for a while. It's been a while. Go where it's there's been sunshine. You December. You went to Seattle. No, that was November. That was right November. after November. Still, I haven't. I'm used to going out of state at least once a month. Like, oh, really? For my work, I travel a lot out of state, nah. and so it's actually I've been kind of landlocked for a while. Mm. How sad for you? Yeah. Mm. So I get to go to Miami. I'm excited. That's very cool. Mm-hmm. I love Miami. I've only been once, and it's beautiful. Kind of gangy, but it's beautiful. <laughs> yes. Well, when you're on the beach, it can't get better than that. True. And either way, it's like 80 degrees there, and not. 80 degrees here so yeah no although it was 42 today and then it got windy and snowed sideways for a minute it did it's weird welcome to the weather kind of more like spit sideways (laughs) 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 like walking out of the capitol was like what's that spit in my face Mm. wasn't very so speaking of the capitol how have things been going up there oh things are fine i feel like everything's kind of going in slow motion Um, compared to last session or just in general just in general Hmm. so there's a pretty distinct dynamic change from last session. And I was trying to describe this to someone at the bar on Friday. Sorry about that. Um, She's kicking her mic. I know. I get uncomfortable. It's a long time to sit. Anyways, um, so last session, the Republicans were new and crazy. Yeah, and they were the new Republicans had all sorts of energy and they were going to do all these different proposals and the House Judiciary and stuff was very contentious. Well, this session, um, I feel like so far, I mean, we still have a few sort of fringe Republicans who are elected who are trying crazy things, and we'll talk about that in a second. But overall, in my experience, the Republicans that got elected this time are a um, much more tame group. So less not feral. Only, yeah, not only as a they're, group, but they might be feral, but they're not rabid. Yeah. So some of the you know most extreme Republicans were primaried and beat Good. by more reasonably conservative Republicans, and I also feel like across the board, people really learned their lesson about doing stuff that was too crazy. So we just haven't seen it. And the dynamic in the hall, everything is, the only way I can describe it is that things are kind of low energy. Like mm. it's really busy and everybody's still doing their thing, but there's just not a lot of fevered energy. You know, even on some of the more controversial things, um, most of them are repeat. So it's not like it's a new battle. No. Um, so I don't know. I mean, we still have a month to go before transmittal, but even all of the bill draft requests that we've seen, a lot of them aren't moving. Um, I'm sure some will fly out the last few weeks, but it's just been a really slow process. I think partly because there's so much more meteor complicated issues that the legislature is trying to address, mm-hmm. you know, so they have the budget, but they have pensions, they have all these different things that, they are actively trying to seek solutions and sure there's some gamesmanship and stuff going on, but the sort of real fringe concepts that we would have seen by this time last session haven't, haven't come up. I mean, there's still a few, like we had the hearing last week about sex ed and that kind of stuff, but 
It's just not nearly what it we was. We also last had the hearing last week about corporal punishment. No, we didn't. That bill hasn't been introduced oh, yet, but it, it will be. Oh my god! But see, the, so that's an example of somebody like Jerry O'Neill who still has these fringe ideas. Uh, right? Can we tell everybody what this is? Yes. So he wants to re. Did we talk about this last week? I can't remember no, if we did. No, because it immediately came up in the news after we were done recording, and I was like, Ugh. "Oh darn!" So he wants to send, or not senator. He used to be a senator, Representative Jerry O'Neill from um, basically Columbia Falls area. He wants <laughs> Republican to Republican. Yeah, he's been around forever, by the way, and he wants to reintroduce the concept of corporal punishment into our criminal justice system. So basically, someone who is found guilty of a crime can opt to have corporal punishment instead yeah, of 20 lashes. Time. Yeah. Cut <laughs> your fingers off, you know, that kind of stuff. It is. I can't wait for that hearing. Asinine thing I've ever heard. Well, and then the Huffington post covered it and talked oh, yeah. about how we would be compared to all these, you know, countries in the world who we certainly don't, you know, generally look favorably on in terms of Syria. how their justice system works. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Syria. And Iran. somehow, and the thing is that was remarkable is that when, um, O'Neill was quoted talking about it, cause the Helena vigilante, mm-hmm. who's a friend of the show, yes. um, interviewed him and he talked about how this is about like saving money and it's a really hard penalty to go away from your family for 10 years. If you've committed a crime, wouldn't it be better to just get some lashings? I don't know. Let's start with lashing you and see how it ends up there. (laughs) So I can't wait to hear what the proposal would be like if I was on that committee. These are moments that I just wish that I was on House Judiciary Committee because the questions I would ask him, you know, instead, I'm going to have to, you know, formulate some sort of testimony or we're going to have to testify and say something. But, you know, what would the punishment be for somebody who murders their spouse? What does that look like? What would you like that to look like, Senator or Representative? He used to be a senator. Um, so it's going to be a fascinating bill. It, it's interesting because nobody really takes things seriously that Representative O'Neill does. So it could be a very simple hearing and it just kind of gets shut down. So he wins basically a name recognition in an election. Yeah. Is that what's happening? Basically. Well, I mean, he's <clears throat> he's actually a good person. and He can't be if he thinks that this is a legitimate way well, to okay, move so the Well, okay, so there's a difference forward. between like who I would have relationships with in my real life versus who is tolerable in person at the Capitol. So all I'm saying is he's a tolerable person. He has difficulty expressing himself some st- sometimes, but um, who doesn't? And uh, <laughs> <laughs> the two of us yeah. ever. Oh, so it'll be really interesting to see what happens with that. The other big thing that we talked about last week that has been really frustrating is that um, there's been some movement on Senator Facey's bill, Senate Bill 107, that mm-hmm. takes out the unconstitutional language from the statute regarding deviant sexual conduct. Mm -hmm. And um, I was interviewed by the Missoula Independent last week. And basically, Representative Nancy Balance had agreed to let Dallas Erickson basically draft a bill. An amendment. Yeah, and an amendment. Well, this was a bill. Nancy's was a bill. And it would have, I think we talked about it last week, increased um, penalties if it was same-sex Sexual yeah, conduct. We talked about it to... a little bit and I saw Jamie Greer, another friend of the show, tweeted a little bit about it, and then there was something about Yeah, the she backed out. Is that right? So Nancy backed out. Um basically the reporter called her and she was already backstepping saying, Oh, I didn't know that this was what this is about and she dropped the request. She's not moving forward with it. So Dallas will likely find somebody else to carry it, 
or the thing that was happening late last week is that there was a Republican in the Senate who was going to introduce an amendment when Facey's bill gets to the floor to add that same language. So we still don't know if that's going to happen. Senate Bill 107 still hasn't been posted for the floor, which is very um, unusual because it's been about a week and a half, two weeks since they did executive action. So it should have already been heard on the Senate floor, but it's obviously being delayed so it'll be on the floor, and either this represent or this senator Boulanger will either introduce the amendment or not. We don't know yet. Somebody well, he else better not pick up the amendment. He better not. Um, for all of the women senators that are out there in the uh, Montana Senate, and for all the women who are married to male senators in the Montana Senate, you should have a little conversation with them and explain to him that rape is rape, and it doesn't matter whether the victim had a penis or a vagina. Or whether the perp had a penis or vagina, it matters that it was rape. Right. And we actually talked to him, and I think we made some movement in terms of hopefully him dropping it. The bad news is that we actually know of a Republican senator woman who is considering doing it. And she actually was quoted as saying, it's so much more unconscionable that a man would rape a man than a woman. So just because you're a woman doesn't mean you understand. Well, apparently not. Mm-hmm. And there's no good way to educate them. So best case scenario, Senate Bill 107, Facey's bill passes without any ugly amendments, and it goes to the House, and we see what happens over there. Mm. And that's where the fight begins. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting. It will so, be interesting. What's What's more interesting is the Republicans, I know that a lot of them have been reminded that it was removed from the plank, and... Um, there have been several Republicans I know of who have been going up to Republicans that are holding legislative office and reminding them that it was removed from the plank to keep them from looking like idiots. And they mm-hmm. might want to take that to heart. And I think that's working. I mean, so far in the it behind the scene negotiations, it's clear that some people are sort of stepping into it and then not realizing they stepped into it and trying to backtrack. And then so, like, what have I done to my shoes? Exactly. So, and you know, the they reality is that supporting this bill doesn't mean you support gay marriage. It's not some sort of, you know, extreme position. <laughs> to take it's simply the right thing to do the right thing to do constitutionally and hopefully that they'll right. realize that this isn't about them but you know the problem is that groups like jeff laslefi's group they threaten that they'll do mail pieces against legislators and stuff about this kind of thing same thing with the sex ed a lot of the republicans are scared into voting for the sex ed not because they actually agree with the policy but because they're afraid of how the groups that support that proposal will sort of inflame the flyer fires back in their district to get people worked up. Well, here's the thing that I have to tell those senators and representatives that are afraid of what a group can do to you. If a group can do that to you, then yeah, you do have to listen to them to some extent, but if you can't stand up for what's right, regardless of who's standing with you, you shouldn't hold office. It doesn't matter. You may stand alone, but you do what's right. And yeah, sometimes that means you have to make the tough decision of doing what's right, which puts you in a position that you have to defend what you did. Do it. Well, I certainly agree with you. Grow a spine. And if you'd like one, I've got a couple extras down at the dry cleaners. I can loan you one. I certainly agree with you. Sometimes they frame it in the, well, my constituents told me to do this. They are your constituents. Jeff Lasloffy has one representative and one senator. And I would like to point out, neither one of them listened to him. Neither one. 
And in He's addition, not your constituent. And in addition, Jeff might have convinced 10 of your constituents to call you and tell you to support one of these proposals that we don't agree with. But it doesn't mean that you have to. Right. How you're many elected people... to actually represent the district. Sometimes you're not always going to agree with your voters. You should go based on what you've decided. Right. About and the, the other issue. thing that you've got to remember is there are minorities in every one of your district. Mm-hmm. Minorities. They do not have the majority voice there. But that doesn't mean that you get to discriminate against them. That doesn't mean you get to d- dismiss them or ignore them. Mm-hmm. And you don't get to treat them as less. Oh, that's such a good point, Kevin. But it's so not politics. <laughs> But it is the right thing to do. And that's the problem. I think that's one of the bigger problems that we have with politics this day. So many people play it for the game of politics. Like, it should come in a box from Hasbro. Is it Hasbro that makes Monopoly? No. Who makes Monopoly? Anyway, it should come in a box. It should say politics across the top. You have a bunch of dice, but they're not labeled. You just roll them and you get to guess what the numbers are (laughs) or tell people that's what it is. Yeah. <clears throat> or they represent and, like constituency groups that you're about to screw over. Right, exactly. Roll the dice. <laughs> we could come up with it. Oh, that could be Yeah, fun. you know I you know I agree with you and I, you know how bitter I am against politics period, but I swear you know I swear a lot what, too. <laughs> yeah. Or I sound like what a happens sailor. when somebody's running for office and then what happens when they're in office? It's all such such an interesting game, but <laughs> it's a nightmare. unfortunately groups like Montana Family Foundation, Right to Life, NRA, all these groups, they have so much influence. And, you know, I guess but the, the same could be said for us. We have disproportionate too, but... from what they actually represent. Yeah. I mean, like the NRA is a good example of that. They have come out with some of the stupidest stuff over the years. And what's funny is that, you know, you see a black. Oh, my God, I'm getting into races. Um, but you see a black person get shot. You don't see the NRA come out and say that they should have had a gun right. ever. Ever. In fact, in the late fifties, <laughs> that would be interesting. The NRA came out for gun control because they didn't, or it was yeah, fifties and sixties because it was when the Black Panthers were around. They wanted gun control because they didn't think that the Black Panthers should have guns. Because they, oh, are I people. think it's pretty clear. You know, NRA so wants the NRA white people to have guns. Exactly, wants white men to have guns. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. Well, lately, if you've got a vagina, using, they don't want you to. Really no, lately have a gun. they've been using women. Like, watch it during Kern's <laughs> bills will be coming up over the next few weeks, and every single hearing will say something about how women need to protect themselves. See, and so I think I want to go up and testify. To say, they've learned enough to say we need to, you know, weaponize women so that they can defend themselves against all these scary people. See, and I need to go up there and 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 testify and be like, I am one of the scary people because I'm a big old homo. Really and truly, if you're going to weaponize anybody, I'll get a gun. And do we want that, people? Do we want that? Is that what you want? Do you want to see me with a handgun? I think you because I can guarantee make everybody's day. I, I can guarantee that that would scare many, many more people than any of the rest of this. Mm-hmm. You guys may be, le- you know, and that's like Chrissy Ellen Galucius when she was complaining last year about having to take her 9mm to Safeway. Because she's got to have a Glock when she's going for milk. Mm-hmm. You know, which I'm like, what are you doing in the store that requires you to have a Glock? But there is nothing that would freak her out more than seeing someone like me with a, go- a Glock on my hip as I walked in. Well, you know, when the big House Bill 228 Kearns' bill passed in 2009, I worked so hard on that bill because it did so many bad things. But we came up with the tagline, gays with guns. Mm-hmm. And we were actually going to create sort of a pack called gays with guns oh we should and we were gonna mail endorse we were gonna mail endorsement pieces into people like creighton kern's district saying because i don't believe we were gonna say thank you 
Representative Kearns for your support of gay rights and da 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 da. And the way you know, in oh, under the tagline, totally under the tagline, it wasn't going to be. I mean, obviously, he didn't support gay rights, but we were thinking that you know, supporting all these gun point. proposals would be. I'm gay. You know, it's a right. right. That's gay rights. Especially because at the time there was a lot of discussion about how the people who were actually most in danger in our communities is gay people, and we were talking about hate crimes and all this other stuff. So it was great. We came up with gays with guns. We were going to let glitter off of fake guns on the house um viewing area and actually my halloween costume the next year was gays with guns i had a shirt on with rainbow and guns and a rainbow wig and stuff as a way to in or evoke what we talked about in the legislative session That's so brilliant. gays with guns i think we should just print up a big old banner that thanks a bunch of Republic, yeah, hard right exactly. republicans for mm-hmm. supporting gays gays with guns mm-hmm. which is you know it's a right we're gay it's gay rights that works mm-hmm. that would be so much fun to just put that in the rotunda and watch them cry mm-hmm I say we do it. Yep. It'll we came up with like that a couple sessions bucks. ago. Let's do it. It's the things that we come up with <clears throat> after hours at the Rialto when we're stressed out. Mm-hmm. At the toe. Mm-hmm. It's delightful. We call it office hours. <laughs> at the Rialto. <laughs> anyway, so. That's awesome. I'm trying to think about anything else that's going on up at the Capitol. We talked a lot about education last week, so we probably don't need to talk about that. Mm. We're about three weeks out from Transmittal, so now is when things will start pouring in. Like any bills that are going to be introduced and heard have to have had a hearing by the third week in February, really. And so things will get crazier, but it's been kind of the calm before the storm the last few weeks. What about, what do you think about this? And I can't remember the Republican who's doing it, but he's basically, he's not only proposing a bill to the legislature, but he's also proposing a, um, I call them the legislative abdications, but I can't think of what they're actually called. Legislative the, referenda. Yeah. Um, so he's doing all of his bills that he's bringing up. He's doing both. Yeah. A lot of them are. I find that to be atrocious. Well, a lot of them are. David Howard's doing that strategy with immigration stuff. Carrie Smith is doing it with the sex ed. Um, Wendy Warburton will do it with choice. I think, you know, when you saw that expose about... Whiny Warbonnet, by the way. When you saw the expose that John Adams did about the Republican Senate legislators um, and their emails and stuff, the same sort of concept was there. It was basically like anything we can't get past or that we're afraid that the governor is going to veto, we should consider legislative referenda. So the thing about that for listeners to keep in mind is that between now and the end of February, all of the main bills have to be heard. Um, but it's up until late March, early April that somebody can introduce a legislative referenda. So what that means is that a bill could make it through the process and die and get defeated. And a legislator could still introduce a legislative referenda and get that passed. Or let's say the sex ed bill passes all the way through, but the governor vetoes it. If they make it happen fast enough so that they know there's going to be a governor veto, they can just run a legislative referenda proposal, or they might decide to do both simultaneously. And then that way, no matter what happens, if they get a bill passed and the governor signs it, then it becomes law. They can drop the legislative referenda. But if they get a bill passed, the governor vetoes it, or it dies somewhere in the process, then all they have to do is get the legislative referenda passed, and then it goes out to the voters. And that's see, just and, a simple vote. So. And see, and I'm going to turn around, and I think the next time they do something like that, I'm actually going to sue them. Because it, there's, the, there's the way that they can actually override a veto, which is beginning two-thirds in both of the houses. That's right. the way it was done. And the abdication that they're doing by doing this process is 
is so heinous that I think I'm just going to make their life hell and I'm going to get a couple of lawyers and we're going to go to town. Well, and as you saw, we had like, what, six last time and mm-hmm. only three ended up on the ballot. Right, because judges this time, found them who unconstitutional. Knows how many more we're going to have? I mean, like, it's a. They consider it a viable strategy now because the ones that were on the ballot passed. And so they have been kind of emboldened to do more. Right. Well, and that. But you're right. I mean, on its face, it absolutely like circumvents the process that we've outlined for the legislature. Right. Like they get to pass bills, the governor vetoes them or not, you know, whatever. Legislative referenda is really the intent was to use it as a tool that if a legislative body was like, oh, maybe we should do this, maybe we shouldn't, but we want to hear from the voters, we'll send this out by legislative referenda. I'm pretty sure before last session, it had been used very, very rarely. Yeah, and none of them had passed. Mm-hmm. That was the other thing. And now, there's citizens' initiatives, which That's are That's totally different, yeah. Uh, which, yeah, they're totally different, except for that I have a problem with those two, because Prop 8 was a citizens' initiative in California. Bastards. Well, we can have problems with both, but the way that they work right. are very different. Because right. a legislative referenda, if you can imagine, 50 House members and 25 senators... So 75 people get a vote for it. It's on the ballot. When you do a citizen's initiative, you have to collect, you know, 40 some thousand dollars or 40,000 signatures, whatever, all this sort of process that you have to go through. So it's like 75 versus 40,000. Right. 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 And it is it does make a difference. The thing that bothers me about both of them, though, is that. The reason that we have a representative government instead of a direct government is because mm-hmm. we need to save ourselves from our mob intentions. Absolutely. Because it's so easy to whip human beings up into mobs. And the founding fathers knew this. They whipped a bunch of people up into mobs. They did it all the time. But they also realized the government has to be a little bit more stable than that. So they didn't include those things. And they said, you know, this is not something we want to have a representative government. So there is a little bit of cooling off. And there is that abstraction between the people that are directly affected and who the representative is that gets to make the vote. So that there's some thinking that goes on. And both of those systems, the LRs and the CIs, um, they circumvent that as well. Mm -hmm. And And in doing so, I think they make us less. Well, they just make us less. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I have to say that I have very mixed feelings about um, citizen initiatives. So on the one hand, we've seen really important pieces of policy pass. So the creation and expansion of CHIP, um, the minimum wage, uh, the thing about predatory lending, tobacco tax, all these different things that passed by citizen initiative that I worked on others. I know worked on people Mm -hmm. that we really care about who believed in a cause came together and did a citizen initiative. Great. It passed. It's informed public policy. Those same sorts of tactics can be used for something that would really harm things I care about and I wouldn't like it, you know? (laughs) So it's like, and especially when I think about the rights of the minority. So I think if you're talking about like children's health insurance or minimum wage or something like that, that, if the citizens want to say this is something we want to do and legislature isn't listening to us, citizens initiative. Great. The problem is when it can be used, you know, the majority against the minority. And, and, you know, 2003, we had an amendment attached. But it's the same thing. You know, it's the same process. And one increases children's health insurance and the other prevents human rights towards a population of people. So in reality, on paper, they're the same process, but they're obviously very different um, End result. results. Right. <laughs> so I have, you know, good and bad feelings about the citizen initiative process. Hmm. Hmm. 
I hate him. I think most people feel torn in that way. I, I just think that, you know, the legislative referendum, you know, there's a reason I call it the legislative abdication, because it it literally allows them to abdicate their job. Mm-hmm. To stop doing well, their in, job. In if this context, cannot, it doesn't even, it's beyond just abdicating their job. It's also, like you said, circumventing the process. It's like this right. is intended to be laid out, laid out in a way that, you know, you have the executive and you have the legislative and one balances out the other. This is like the Well, maybe we should have a citizen's initiative that a, a legislative uh, referenda requires two-thirds majorities of both houses. Mm-hmm. That would be a change. I don't know where that would change if it would be. Well, since we can or, since we can change the constitution by citizens initiative, I don't think it really matters. Yeah. Anyways, this is probably boring for people, but it's an important thing <laughs> to understand because, first of all, as a voter, you're going to see pages and pages of LRs on your ballots, and the language is always so horrible. Yeah, it's like but it's this also is just, going to take away this, but add this and shove this there, and ugh. yeah, is this really the way we want to be making public policy? I'm not sure. No. No, it is not. We're still not getting rid of daylight savings time this year. The bill died. So sad. Everybody thinks it's a crazy bill. I'm trying to think. Maybe next week we should come with a list of the craziest bills. I know that Montana Cowgirl, the blogger, Uh she had a list recently of all the craziest bills. But we should look and just let our listeners hear some of the really off-the-wall things that people are proposing. Yeah, we should. Because there's some really... I mean, we talked about corporal punishment, but there's some other stuff that's like totally Mm. not We don't have the spear hunting bill this year. Yeah, and it's not in my sort of... um, things that I pay attention to because of my work, it would just be totally outside of that, but they're pretty funny. Oh, yeah, there's plenty. Not that uh, the daylight saving time thing is funny. I know that's well, important no, it is. to you, but... It's, it's one of those things where... And it's it's literally one of those things where I'm going, okay, what purpose does it still serve? We know. And, we talked about it, remember? Right. Yeah. And and I've asked people, and I've asked people that are So in how office, come it died? Because people think it's crazy. Yeah. You know, and it's one of those bills where it's like, eh, okay, you think it's crazy, great. If I ever get elected, I'm going to have it up there. And people think I'm crazy anyway, so that's not going to make any difference. <laughs> right. But it'll literally be one of those, okay, tell me how this helps people. Show me one way that this helps anyone in the state. <laughs> show me that. And mm-hmm. they can't. And it's like, this is why. And I can show you harm because every single one of you people is going to miss at least one meeting that week. <laughs> Every single one of you is going to be an hour early for a meeting the other week. That's how it works. Every year we do this. But it's not going to get fixed this legislative session. No, well, I tell you, there's so lots sad. of other things that won't get done that are really good ideas. So, Like? Well, we have a bunch of bills that we're working on that probably aren't going to go anywhere just because politics are what they are. And it's the right thing to do. It's the best public policy, but it doesn't pass. Mm. You know? So I did want, I did uh, learn one other lesson this weekend. So we didn't talk about my weekend yet, but, um, how was your weekend? What did you do this weekend? Well, I went out and had a great time on Friday night with some friends, but at the last minute last week, I got invited to a schwanky, um, dinner, um, up in big sky. So Senator Max Baucus, who's the Democrat, longtime senator senator from Montana. He's been Senator for what? 300 years. Since the late 70s, I think. Anyways, so I've known Max for a long time, and that's not why I was at this dinner, but why I was there is less important than the fact that I was there. So I got invited, and the thing is that the context, if you can imagine it, is it's about 100 lobbyists and sorts from all over the country, all the biggest names. You know, I'm walking around at this dinner, and everybody has their name and then what company they're from. And I was just kind of like, oh, my gosh, look at all these people. Like, 
imagine every Fortune 500 company you can imagine had mm-hmm. somebody there. Um, Did you start collecting money for your next campaign? Jeez, oh, no. <laughs> um, I actually, you know, looking back, I was like, I am not ready for that kind of a political event right now. I handled it and was fine, but it's just not where I want to be right now. But anyways, so he does this event every year where he brings in all these people from all over the country, and it's a fundraiser right. for him. And um, they get a ski in Big Sky and have this schwanky dinner and stuff. So we got invited. Um, I'm part of a women's organization called Montana Women Vote, which is a collaboration of nine women's organizations. And we got invited to basically – so he invites all these outside lobbyists, and then he invites maybe ten real Montanans. And I'm using air quotes. <laughs> you um, have no sound effects. I right? can't hear you. So we come in and basically are also there. And I got to sit at a table with him and a couple of the real Montanans. And um, it was, you know, fancy and catered and all that kind of stuff. But the lesson I learned is that there's really no good way to tell a U.S. senator that he has food on his chin. Well, you just got Max, you've got food on your chin. It just... Mm-mm. You couldn't do it? No. For one... You're at a table with like 10 other people and there's just all this sort of nervous energy at the table and everybody's talking and everybody's so trying to be cool. And, and Max, like, you know, he's the center of attention. And at some point he had eaten, uh, one of our food options and got like spaghetti sauce all over his chin. And I kept trying to interrupt him and having other conversations and nobody else was telling him. (laughs) I just was sitting there being like, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. And then luckily his wife came back to the table and she like wiped it. And apparently that's, that's who wiped stuff thing off a senator's (laughs) chin, you know? Because not only, because if you can imagine, I would have been like, Max, if I could have gotten his attention and just been like, you know, or if I could have uh, said, Hey Max, you got something on your chin, but I swear to God, the way this dynamic was happening and it was this loud room. Had I said that everything would have dropped right then. Right. And he would have had to say, what did you say? I don't think he would have understood what I said because it's so out of context. And it's also like all these people are watching and there was like 10 of us at this table. So I just had to kind of pretend like he didn't have spaghetti sauce on his chin for like 10 minutes. Oh no. Um, Poor guy. Yeah. So anyways, you know, and it it would happen to the best of us, but (laughs) Yeah, uh, see, and I actually, I learned that skill a long time ago from my mother. And I just will literally lean over and go <laughs> and tap the table in front of him. You have stuff on your chin. Get your napkin. <laughs> and usually I would. And that's what was so sort of out of You've body had like for me. Three, three weeks where you've just done stuff that's out of character for you. You didn't turn off the steam I in your know, hotel room. I know. Room. And I am always the person. I will literally walk up to a stranger and be like, your fly is down. Right. Or you have something you, in your, your teeth. teeth. Or exactly. Did you, eat you have a booger today? in your nose. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I mean, I am that person. But it was just, and in any other situation, I would have said something. Because I actually know Max. I've known him for a long time. But it was this weird dy- dynamic. And the whole time, the whole night, I just felt like I was in some sort of, you know, alternate universe where everybody had money except for me. Um, <laughs> but it was fun. And, you know, I got to see one of his staffers who I really like and appreciate. But I was just up in Big Sky surrounded by all these people with lots of money. And it was just kind of interesting. So um, I appreciated the invitation and, you know, got to be a real Montanan. And I got to talk to Max and make the point that I needed to make. But the whole dinner was sort of surreal. And, um, it was like an inside view on politics that not many people get to see. Hmm. And on the one hand, I'm, you know, I acknowledge that I'm in a privileged position to be able to get to see that. But I also was reminded this weekend how not interested in politics I am right now. 
<laughs> I need a break. <laughs> I want to be on a beach in Miami where nobody talks to me about politics. Well, you know, the, aren't you, you going down even, there for work? So that's yes. not going to happen. And you can't even go to the bar. Like on Friday night, I was at the bar with some friends, Millers, and you can't even go to the bar and have a drink with your friends on a Friday night because there's some political person there who wants to like talk to you about politics. I had to tell like four or five people on Friday night. We're not going to talk about that right now. It's nine o'clock, 10 o'clock, whatever. And we've had too many drinks. Like, I mean, I was fairly sober, but the things that people try to work out after hours at a bar. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, but that's how politics idea. has always been done in Montana. I know, but it's just the mm. things that happen. Mm. It is. So I actually had an interesting thing come up mentally as I was driving back from Bozeman. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about this. And have you ever seen the grid that the, well, did you ever play Dungeons and Dragons? <laughs> no, Kevin. Okay. I love. She gives me this roll of her eyes, but she's got this not look on her face I, like I'm. I'm not going to admit it. But no, yes, no, no, I no. Have. Not that I have anything against people who play Dungeons and Dragons, but I have no idea what that is. Like, okay. I know that people did it, and I know it's a certain kind of people, but I have no idea what it right. is. Um, racist. Anyway, <laughs> exactly. See, and then I look like I'm some sort of elitist against nerds or something. I'm just not saying that. I'm just saying I don't. Know. No. Well, anyway, there's this there's this grid pattern, and it's a nine point grid that they have, and, and somebody will correct me because I'm sure I'll screw it up, and then they'll throw a twenty sided <laughs> die at my head because um, I never played Dungeons and Dragons either. I've done a couple of role playing games, and uh, I like the concept, but I never enjoy the games. So I feel like my life is a role play, so sometimes. But basically, what it is is this grid, and it's um, you have uh lawful and unlawful and uh neutral and chaotic uh-huh. or, and you know so basically you have this grid and you have people that are um lawful good lawful bad lawful neutral um uh neutral good bad n- neutral neutral and then chaotic evil chaotic bad <laughs> chaotic good I'm and well yeah but basically there are these labels that you put onto people and I, would, I was thinking that it would be interesting because the basis the basics of psychology and manipulating masses is learning how people form groups and fall into these nine grid mm-hmm. these nine points on the grid anyway and I was thinking that we should sit down and actually put all of the representatives and senators into their various boxes right. um, and just uh, like put that poster out for people and go, these are the ones that fit here. Da, da, da. This oh. will help you get through your day. <laughs> that might be useful, but people might need a tutorial on what Dungeons and Dragons means. Although I'm Dungeons sure there's plenty here, of people give at it, the well, Here, I'll give you the easy one. Dungeons and Dragons is effectively fantasy football, but without football players, you have hmm. dragons. <laughs> Fantasy football is Dungeons and Dragons for the um, fraternity house set. (laughs) (laughs) And now more straight men will flock to Dungeons and Dragons. What would hope? You know, do something (laughs) worthwhile with your life. Pretend to be an elf. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. So, yeah. Opinionated. What do you have coming up this week? Oh, today's Monday. These shows Monday. are on Mondays. It is Monday. I, although I don't know how much longer that's going to last because two know. things happen. We erase everything over the weekend because yes. that's what alcohol is for. Mm-hmm. And two, Mondays are so fucking long. I know. Mondays are long. And I don't think adding the show to them helps. I don't know that it helps the show. I don't know that it hurts the show either, but I know that it doesn't help my day. It doesn't. We got to figure out when to do these. But anyways, um, what do I have this week? Lots of stuff, lots of work stuff, lots of hearings. Like I said, things are kind of slow, but then they'll pick up again. Um, I can't think of any events happening this week. Oh, you don't go to events anyway. It's at night. You're like, oh, exactly. So I have two more weeks and then um, Miami. Well, no, two more weeks and then it's Valentine's Day and that President's Day weekend. And oh, you're going to um, be here for the former felons ball, right? That's been moved to the next weekend. Right. 
Yeah. So the weekend of the 15th, I'm going to be in Billings for a quick getaway. And Mm. then I'll be here for the next week. And then the former felons ball is on Saturday. 22nd? 20-something? 3rd, 24th. That's also, though, the same night as a derby bout. So I'm going to be going sort of back and forth. Actually, the derby bout (coughs) is at 7 and is over at 10. And the former felons ball goes until 2. Right. So, so you can do both. I'm going to go to the derby bat and then go to the former felons. And, that and then delightful. I'm going to sleep and then I'm going to fly to Miami. And then I'm going to hate you. Uh-huh. You know what Jen and I are going to do? Right. We're going to do all sorts of evil things to your house. <laughs> and Zach Slattery is going to help us. Oh, don't be jealous. So what do you have coming up this week? Um, well, like I said, we have to finish up a couple things. We've got to do stingers right. and graphics going game on. on and then we have a game on Thursday. And then as long as that goes well. And it should go well. Actually, I'm looking forward to it because I think on... Um, of all the stuff that we've got going on, we have some really, really cool stuff that we can do. And, uh, you know, fingers crossed it'll go well. We've got good directors in place. We'll have good camera people in place. I'm doing graphics, so that'll suck, but whatever. <laughs> well, you can um, report back to us next week. Yeah, and it should be good. And then we've basically got... Um, I don't think we have a game the next week, but the week after that, we've got a doubleheader, which is Westminster at UGF. So we'll have the men's and women's games up there. Um, then the week after that, we have Westminster at Carroll for the doubleheader. And that'll be amazing for the women because the Carroll women and the Westminster women lead the league. And Carroll lost to Westminster down there, but they had like three sick people. Wow. Um, so Westminster has to come up here and play. And um, it'll be a great game. The men's game, not so much. The poor Carroll men, they haven't won a game yet this year. They've, they've won one, but it wasn't in conference. So they're like one in 19. Ouch. So sad. So sad. Um, and then... Do you do a Saints wrap-up show thing, like football for basketball? We used to. We don't anymore. The problem was is that there weren't enough people that wanted to sponsor it. Right. So it didn't happen. Um, although I'm glad I'm not doing it this year, because to have to do one when you have a team that's 1-19... Yeah, what do you talk about? You just... You don't want to talk. You don't mm-hmm. want to put the coaches in that position. You don't want to put yeah. the athletic director in that position. It's just uh, it's a blessing in disguise on that one. Absolutely. Um but, um, but then the, the, it's depressing because the women, you know, are doing so well. They're mm-hmm. they've only lost one game to Westminster. They're second in the league, and they're the third. The team that's third in the league is three games behind. So, well, focus on that. Then, yeah. Carol. And so what'll happen is then we have we have that going on. So we, and the week after that, or the game after that that we have that's like on March fourth is the women's championship game for the Frontier Conference, which at this point will either be in Helena if Carroll beats Westminster, or it'll be in Salt Lake if Westminster beats Carroll. But there's Carroll would have to lose, or Westminster has to lose a lot of games going on for, going forward in order for either one of those teams to not be the ones that are going to play. Oh. So you know, in, as long as disaster doesn't strike, that was my knock on wood. <laughs> as long as disaster doesn't strike, that's where that game will be, and that'll be fun. It'll be fun either way. At Westminster, it won't have as big a crowd as it would have in in Helena, which you think is really odd because they're in downtown Salt Lake, but with. All the other schools in Salt Lake, Westminster is kind of forgotten. Plus, their mm-hmm. uh, Lutheran school, I guess. And not, Lutheran in Salt Lake. I know. Mm. I think they're Lutheran. Lutheran, maybe. I don't know. They're not Mormon. Um, you know, so that'll be interesting. And then our final game is uh, at Bozeman on March seventh, and that'll be the men's game in Bozeman. 
busy, nice. busy couple weeks. Yeah, it'll be a nice, it'll be a nice, nice set of basketball games to get under our belt. We want to do the, of course, baseball during the summer and a couple other things. And then when football hits, we hope to do one game per week during football, which would be really cool. Because if we can do one game per week during football, I don't have to do the rest of this crap to make money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's very nice change. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it amounts to. Yeah. So, you know, good times, good times. All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening and we'll talk to him next week, huh? Oh, that's the end. That's the end. Yeah. Aren't we at an hour? No, I don't know. I didn't even know. Oh, well, I'm at an hour. Oh, it's an I'm hour right two minutes. Dinner. All right. Well, all right. Bye. Thanks everybody. Ended well.